Welcome to Humanitarian AI. Today we'll be talking to Natasha Friedis uh, and she's joining us from, I think, Toronto today. Um, uh, she comes from a, 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 an amazing um, organization called Needs List. It's been described as the wedding registry for humanitarian giving. Uh, welcome, Natasha. Great Hi. To Hi. <laughs> Glad to be here, Mia. Thanks for having me. Right. So um, you're very welcome. We're, we're um, you know, kicking off with some questions um, about the space. Um, could you um, maybe tell us a little bit about what humanitarian AI is from your point of view and experience? Sure. Well, if you think about how we're seeing AI or artificial intelligence being used in other industries um, around predictive analytics, um, smarter uh, consumer products, uh, better marketing. Pretty much, if you think about it, we have AI being applied in every sector. And what we're finding in, in, the, human, in the humanitarian field is that we're just a few, let's say a decade or so behind, right? So I think it's looking at how can we take some of these same tools around machine learning, natural language processing, that make the consumer and retail and all these other experiences so much better and make them deliver and understand aid more efficiently. And and how does it apply to what you do? You've got, um, uh, yeah, needs list. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So what we're doing at needs list is addressing the problem that in times of crisis, nobody actually knows what's needed. And it's really hard to have effective forms of collaboration and coordination among people who are responding, whether it's funders, larger NGOs or the private sector. So what we're doing is providing first responders with tools to list what they need in real time. And all of those needs get aggregated in a central database. And what we're building in right now is uh, predictive modeling and learning from these needs so that we can start pre-positioning goods in, before crisis hits. We can understand what might be needed in a much more effective way um, and basically use it to um, make a smarter supply chain in response to, to local crisis. Mm -hmm. um, did you want to pick something you've um, you've you'd like to share from from your uh, bucket list of things you've you've done with needs list uh, that 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 we can you know just get a better picture of of uh, some of the amazing things you're doing? Sure. So needs list really evolved out of a problem I found personally when I was uh, coordinating aid delivery. Um, I was responding to the refugee crisis in 2015 in Europe, and I just found that. Um, you know, everybody was like posting needs on Facebook or sending out emails or, you know, um, making phone calls or texting each other. And it was just really hard to know what was needed in one place. And so what we've uh, piloted over the past six months is actually a chat bot. So what that means is you are um, texting in using your phone, using Facebook Messenger for now, what you actually need using real language. So the idea is to use tools that people already have and are already using. The difference being instead of you having a WhatsApp group where you have to scroll through and find the specific need that somebody mentioned or the location, all of that information is, is going into one central place that you can access or your field um, officers can access back at the office. And and how long does this process typically take? Like, um, you know, so someone sends you a, an MSN message from 
where to where and how do you how do you coordinate it or what 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 does that look like yeah it's actually all real time which is what's mm-hmm. pretty cool so mm-hmm. you wow. text you text them what you need and it immediately is uploaded into a database and made available to anybody who has a membership as part of the Newsless community. Amazing. So um, what, what you said something about, so has this been a short term thing that you launched it, you said when about a few months ago, how, how's, what's the feedback been? Yeah, we launched Needslist um, almost two years ago and the mm-hmm. chatbot experience, um, which is really designed as a mobile experience for our web app. So you can always go on needslist.co and list needs as well. Um, but the chatbot experience, uh, we started, yep, just about six months ago. Um, we've been testing it in a couple different contexts, both for hurricane response after Hurricane Florence, mm-hmm. um, as well as with refugees and a couple for a couple of our partners in Greece and beyond. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there we definitely have some kinks to work out, you know, just like you've probably had experience texting into any bot. Um, there's a point at which you need to talk to a real person, but the whole, the whole uh, goal of these bots is to streamline the experience and then also have that centrally available. So, so far we've got great response um, from our partners in the field. We just launched the next version uh, last week actually. And what we're doing uh, the kind of next on our roadmap, we've got funding from the humanitarian grand challenge to text this, to test this model in a conflict zone. So we're gonna be building that out over the next six months, which will present, of course, a whole other host of challenges and we'll be uh, trying it out on other platforms beyond Facebook Messenger as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you have, are you coordinating with people on the ground then? So they text in and um, do you vet it? Like how, how do you know this is uh, genuine? What What's the process there? Um, trust is a big issue in AI. How are you overcoming any resistance or what resistance are you finding in your um, area of, um, you know, this pop, this chat bot um, is, is um, the real deal? Yeah, so uh, there's trust on both ends, right? So the first the first thing we do is that not anybody has access to the chatbot. They have to be affiliated with a, a registered charity. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at uh, first responders or local staff um, who's with boots on the ground who have access to the chatbot. And we're in a limited beta of this right now. So it's not like uh, we have time to work out some of those kinks as well as we uh, test it out. Um, and then from our side, I'd say you raise an important point because uh, we're working with partners that already know us. We haven't had such issues with the trust uh, around like, who is this chatbot? Am I talking to a robot? What happens to this Mm -hmm. data Um, yet? But we anticipate that down the road for sure. And we will, you know, one thing that's going to be really important, I think, is making this data available to people who can actually meet the needs in a very secure way. And so mm. data privacy and security is really foremost here. But also um, people are more likely to use any tool if they see that it's having an impact in terms of their ability to get needs met and uh, and rapid delivery as well. Right. Yeah, no, it's definitely important. It's those bad actors that really, you know, just um, make it challenging, but but they're, they're going to be around. So it, it's good you're not ignoring it and um, um, and working out the kinks. And um, is there anything you need help with? Like, what would be your ask um, from who and, and, you know, when and for what exactly? 
Absolutely. We can use a lot of help, of course, um, both from the technical standpoint as we build out the database structure and, um, think, as I mentioned, thinking through some of the privacy issues and security issues. Um, so we're, we are really fortunate to have some good mentorship there and a good team, but we could always use additional hands looking at that. Um, we're also looking for additional uh, folks with experience testing out new technologies in, in humanitarian context who would want to test it and give feedback. And then we're also bringing on private sector partners who are interested in actually learning from the data about how their company can meet needs in a way that is actually um, not just giving out money, but leveraging what skills they might have, what services they offer, what products they have as well. Okay. And, and what's something that's been surprising to you um, in terms of, you know, things that people are asking for or, you know, a little bit unexpected or unusual or intriguing? Um, and what's been, um, you know, the, the most common thing? Have you been able to, you know, um, anticipate any of this? I, I noticed uh, looking at, at, at your needs list website that, um, you know, you're really connecting those dots nicely. Um, but do, in doing so, what, what what have you found? Well, one thing that's actually been surprising is how common the most needs, the mo there are certain trends, of course, and needs mm -hmm. that are common across um, emergencies, you know, and it really comes down to hygiene products that are very, very frequently requested and anything from children's diapers to adult diapers to meet the needs of the elderly, um, cleaning supplies, soap, all of that. So, uh, you see some real consistency, and and that's where I think the AI comes in to to play to really learn from the data that we've been collecting, um, and to help us predict more effectively. Yeah, and I think I think I read you know the most important thing anyone can have is their phone. That was interesting as well. I thought, oh wow, you know that's their, you know that's the way to communicate, isn't it? So that that was um, quite an obvious one, and I. I was wondering if, if that was obvious to you. Well, I think what was obvious, I, uh, let me just take a step back there. I think it's pretty clear that if I were fleeing my house, I would bring my phone, you know, and all of us would. What I hadn't thought about and what was surprising was the clear need for phone credit, mm -hmm. actually. That's or right, for, phone credit, yeah. Or yeah. network access. So mm -hmm. you can have your phone, but if you can't get online, it's not really very useful, is it? Indeed. So, yeah. Um, one of our partners is doing some incredible work in providing uh, phone credit to refugees, and they have this whole system worked out where refugees can actually, all they're in about 15 countries right now, can request phone credit um, and then, you know, receive it from local network operators. So I think there's a tremendous opportunity to be thinking about how to partner with telecom companies as well and mobile providers. All right. Um I, I'm not sure if there's anything else you want to share um, that, that we haven't covered right right during this our chat, but um, is there something that, that you want to cover that you'd like to share maybe about your long-term vision or, um, you know, a, apart from what you need, just, just a message from you from, from Needs List? Yeah, I think one thing we've seen a lot recently is that there many efforts to start using AI for humanitarian purposes, but unfortunately they're often siloed. So it's either coming from one specific company or one NGO. And I think what's really, the real potential of this work is going to be around um, 
breaking down some of those silos and having the opportunity to pull in data from multiple sources. And then mm -hmm. to do that effectively, we're going to have to really be thinking about how we tag it and structure it and the architecture around it so it can be used consistently. And are you finding, uh, how has AI helped you? Like what, 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 what specifically is AI doing that, that was impossible um, before it in a humanitarian aid kind of way? I think the main thing is really, it's really opened up the, our eyes around the possibilities of uh, meeting needs at scale, understanding what they are. And like I mentioned before, really pre-positioning what's needed before the crisis hits, because afterwards it becomes much more complicated, of course. But oftentimes we know um, what's impending with, you know, sometimes it's just a couple of days, sometimes it's a couple hours, but oftentimes we have a little bit more notice and, you know, we know it's a hurricane season is coming up. We mm -hmm. have certain ideas of where it's going to hit and the potential of AI to really help us understand how we can um, be ready for it. So it's really around disaster preparedness and resilience and not just about immediate response. Are you finding this is increasing the whole climate change hurricane um, need for, you know, um, just um, humanitarian actors uh, being there uh, in a bigger, better, uh, faster way? Like what, what can you say around that space? Are you, are you finding uh, that that's become a trend? Absolutely. I mean, we're looking at the number of people who are displaced by either conflict or climate change quadrupling by the year 2050. So, um, you know, even in the past almost three years since we started Needsless, the number of natural disasters and displaced people has increased dramatically. And so we need better tools to respond to it. We can't be doing things the way we've been doing them. We already have a $10 billion funding gap in humanitarian aid financing. So we have to be trying out new things and, and taking some risks as well. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's massive. Um, well, all the best and thank you for all you're doing. And um, I, I think that, that we can, um, it, unless there's anything else you want to add, um, we can, we can say, um, bid you, uh, we can say bye for now. Thank you very much for joining <laughs> us at Humanitarian AI today, Natasha. Freedus from Needs List. My pleasure. Thank you, Mia. Okay. Bye for now.